0: Another podcast, Innovation in Government Business. I'm Christian Dunn, Managing Partner at Strategic Institute for Innovation in Government Contracting. I'm sitting down today again with Rick Dunn, founder, and we are going to try to keep this podcast together. We've, we, we've outlined and we, we have a few topics that we're going to talk about today, and we're going to, we're going to do our best to hold it all together for you guys. Rick uh we're coming to the end of a memorial day weekend and uh you know we we honor our fallen uh that fell that fell in battle uh defending freedoms and our country and uh it's a, it's a somber day, but it's a day that we we actually use to celebrate and uh you know this one of the things that this country does do uh, both through its resources but i also believe through its uh it's, uh, it's, it's, it's behavior and actions is it supports the, our troops. It supports our military. And, uh, you know, but there are those who work in the government who's it's their job to support our military. Uh, we call these acquisition professionals. And some of them work, uh, to deliver new capability. They work in R and D and, uh, their job is very important. It's, it's actually a very, very important job. And, uh, but today we're going to talk about what keeps this system, well, we've talked about it in the past, but what keeps this system stuck? I mean, we. if you look at the results of this system, it looks like the acquisition system for R&D and delivering new capability failed some time ago. And as Mike Griffin, the former uh, undersecretary for research and engineering said, he basically said, it's it's being kept alive with just through tremendous waste, Right. That doesn't seem like the best way to honor our folks in the military. That, uh, with these extremely long timelines, uh, not getting them capabilities, uh, you know, in, into their hands efficiently and effect, uh, and, and even necessarily delivering the right solutions, because we're, <clears throat> because it's the whole system so screwed up. Um, but you know, we we've been talking a little bit about it. You know, been talking about the culture and the culture you know, what What keeps this culture alive? What keeps this sort of faith in the federal acquisition regulation systems and and, 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 and all of this going? And, you know, I kind of believe that, yes, there are rules and there are regulations, but that's only a little bit of it. What really seems to stand out to me is is the myth, the lore, the superstition that, that sort of creates fear within the culture. We, we hear a lot about how uh, risk adverse the acquisition of DoD acquisition uh, culture is and you know i want to talk about that today i want to talk about that with you today and try to cuz we want to get to some root causes here we don't want to always talk about symptoms of the issue we want to talk issues we want to talk about what what are these myths and lore and things like that so Rick, you know, you're actually the one who brought my attention to all of this. That you, you frequently use the word lore uh, to describe what is going on in the halls of the Pentagon and in different departments and things like that. So, you know, I want you to talk. To, you know, express what it is when you when you're talking about lore. Give, give us an example and 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 talk a little bit about it
1: yeah lore is uh is powerful lore mythology uh are powerful uh elements of the uh of the system i mean yes there are laws there are regulations there are um organizations bureaucracies if you will that uh can be viewed as making up the system but an overlay of that sometimes an overlay of the entire system and sometimes an overlay of particular organizations uh, um, or agencies uh, is lore, is culture that is not driven by uh, statutory mandates or regulatory requirements. You've heard me mention the uh, the Packard Commission report uh, a number of times. report was kind of uh, important in my career because among the things that it said was that uh, the the Department of Defense should follow DARPA's pattern in uh, emphasizing prototyping. Uh, but the, the Packard Commission, in its uh, chapter on, uh, on acquisition, pointed out one that even even back then, all those years ago, uh, mo- many defense systems cost too much and take too long. And they dug in and came up with the reason was that the, uh, at the working level, the, the acquisition workforce, uh, is is uh, burdened with fear and this uh, uh keeps them from engaging in prudent risk taking uh and as a result the system is slow and clogged up of course it's not just um at the working level the working level folks many of whom as you point out are fine people who want to do uh good things and support the 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 warfighter exist in an organizational setting in a bureaucracy often in layers of bureaucracy. And even if they themselves are not bought into the mythology, into the lore uh, of, for example, that there is a contracting officer's jail mm-hmm. and you must you know, religiously follow the far or you will end up in this contracting officer's jail. Even, even if they understand that, that that's uh, a myth... Uh, they are concerned about the fact that there are layers of folks above them that can say no. that And if they say no, that means that the idea, the proposal, um, the way to solve a problem that has been developed at the working level will be shown to be inadequate, poor. And that has to do in part with the fact that the way we measure someone's success in uh, in the acquisition workforce has very little to do with the ultimate payoff of the process resulting in fielded new needed capabilities the warfighter.
0: Well, I mention yeah. that all the time. Is it seems like they're paying attention to all they they're measuring and using metrics that are completely wrong. Like the, the time to contract one still blows my mind. And the fact that when they get to contract, they seem to act like the whole thing's over. Where in the real world, or I always call the real world outside of government, you're just beginning. You're just starting. Getting to the contract, getting to the agreement is just the start of it all. And that's the part you want to get to pretty quickly. And you know, the. It, I, I worked in real estate for a while. Contracts are we, we call it, we, we used to talk talk about time is of the essence. That means you're not supposed to sit around on these things for any length of time. If you can move this thing along, you're it is your duty to move this contract along.
1: There's well, th- there are many organizational disconnects uh, in the Department uh, of Defense in the federal government contract, and and one of them is that time to contract is a metric of the procuring contracting officer, the PCO, the guy who's supposed to get the effort under contract. And once it's under contract, the responsibilities for the administrative part of the contract are often shifted to another contracting office or another contracting officer, the ACO, the administrative contracting officer. So, So we've set up the system in a discontinuous manner. And and it's not just the contracting part of the system. We have laboratory uh, efforts out there, R and D efforts. And one of the I mean one of the things that I I've run across is w- when trying to advocate that the laboratory will structure a project in a way that it can be uh, handed off uh, seamlessly to the acquisition system so that it can move into production and into fielded capability, folks in the laboratory say, oh, we don't do acquisition. Mm -hmm. Laboratory guys, there's no reason for you to be doing anything if your job isn't part of the process of getting fielded new capabilities timely and cost-effectively into the hands of our
0: warfighters. Well, I've heard. I heard somebody recently even question the whole. Are we even? Is that even what we're trying to do anymore? It seems like we have so many more priorities these days that the 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 end result, the goals, are getting obscured so much by the myth, the lore, the fear, and all of these other pressures on the workforce and. As we've seen, you know, you 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 keep mentioning the Packard Commission. This was nearly forty years ago. Has anything been done to reduce the fear uh, in the workforce? And the answer is, I already know the answer to that. And the answer is, hell no. Um, so, which they could, and that's of course a big part of the culture. And oftentimes I hear, oh well, we can't do anything until the culture change, changes. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's putting the cart before the horse. You have to do something different in order to change the culture. And you know, and. I've, I find that to be a real problem that very few people have sat around and really contemplated other transactions, which we talk about oftentimes. And I mean, when I say contemplate, I mean, truly understand them because we, we were just having a brief conversation. I'm like, I've been working w- with other transactions for five years and I'm still coming to realizations about things. You've been working with them for over 30 years and you're still coming to realizations about other transactions. So how some of these leaders who were just kind of notionally, um, uh, familiar with these these vehicles because I hear it all the time. Oh, we we like other transactions, but we're good. We don't need any training or education. Uh, that seems odd.
1: Well, well, I mean, you you say leaders are familiar with them. I, I remember when uh, Secretary Ashton Carter created the Defense Innovation Unit, and the Defense Innovation Unit had come up with the terminology for the for the structure of how to solicit and evaluate and. Uh, execute another transaction called a commercial solutions opening. And so Ashton Carter is in all his speeches talking about the commercial solutions opening, the CSO, the words other transactions I think never came out of his mouth when he was in office. A- and today the, the, since CSO became such a buzzword and it was you know viewed as something that was cool, um, we had folks advocate for a CSO under the Federal Acquisition Regulation. And we now have people talking about, you know, the CSO is really neat. And they don't even understand that a CSO under FAR is something quite different than the commercial solutions opening that was developed by the Defense Innovation uh, Unit. So again, you know, on our website, we have an article talking about the importance of language. But you know, language affects culture. Culture affects uh, language, and it, it's just—it's uh, it, amazing the discontinuities that 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 exist. The uh,
0: I want to I want to breach bre- talk about something. You know, again, I, I talked to some military personnel that are not a part of the uh, senior senior crew. Uh, they're actually the ones that would have to go to the battlefield, <laughs> um, and you know. We had this disgraceful uh, acqui- this We left Afghanistan in a <laughs> poor manner, okay. Um, and many of the folks, the service folks, are not particularly happy with that um, because they didn't. They didn't. You know, we left billions of dollars of equipment behind. We left people behind. We. We. we this was a twenty-year effort, and we're and we're all kind of questioning what did this achieve, and none of senior leadership even got so much as a reprimand. Now, a lieutenant colonel got reprimanded for pointing this out, but nobody with stars on their on their shoulder or senior executive in their title received even as much as a slap on the wrist. And, and we see that exact same thing happening in acquisition, too, that nobody's taking real responsibility or accountability. And I, I find that very frustrating because why why do we have senior leaders if they're not going to take responsibility and be accountable? Because this is a 40-year problem now in acquisition.
1: Well, I mean, Afghanistan in specifically, I mean, senior leaders have suggested that they were not in fa- favor of the course that the president of the United States took. But you didn't hear them coming out publicly saying that because they knew that would be a career-ending uh event if they did that. So the act goes uncriticized, even though it's, uh, the way it was handled was, you know, horribly wrong. And same thing uh, as, uh, as I mentioned, these, these (laughs) discontinue, the discontinuity of, uh, uh, of the acquisition system, you know, could be fixed. You know, we we could change the way the organizations uh, are structured. The senior leaders should say, you know, wow, this system has been broken for a long time. We need to fix it. And by the way, I mean, the real crying shame is that the structure, the tools to fix the system exist. Mm, Congress has provided them to the Department of Defense. The Defense Science Board back in 2009 in its Fulfillment of Urgent Operational Needs uh, study pointed out to the Defense uh, Department, you can create an alternative to the cost-too-much-takes-too-long system. Here are the tools. Here are the workforce issues that are related to that. You can't do it in the same organizational setting with the same Folks operating in, in the same culture, you have to create a new organizational setting. You ha- have to prioritize things like speed to fielding cap- uh, new capabilities. Uh, it's it's all laid out. Eventually, that was a 2009 report. Uh, uh, several years later, Congress actually enacted a a, uh, um, a new major systems uh, approach called middle tier of acquisition, which uh, provided for rapid prototyping and rapid fielding within a a frameworks of a few years. What was required then of the Department of Defense was to create the organizational structure and the workforce that would actually use this new authority. And, And by the way, the details of how you would execute a project were also laid out. They are other transactions. They are research other transactions. They are prototype other transactions. They are follow-on production to prototype other transactions. Maybe
0: these folks shouldn't be indoctrinated into the current system. Maybe these folks shouldn't learn all of the old lore's and myths and things. Maybe these folks should be a new generation of acquisition workforce who can actually operate in commercial-like environments without the training wheels, without the structures and the burdens of the FAR. Because all we're talking about is doing essentially commercial like business which is actually in my opinion far more transparent and open than the arcane system where all these little critters and gremlins live hanging out in the corners and you know lots can be lost in the current arcane system where if you're doing commercial business which everybody can understand the the company coming in can understand the auditors everybody can understand it's because i mean it's the the where i see the institutional corruption i'm sorry i I might be you know uh, regressing here but is because the system is so unique they've built a system purely an insider's system and and, and it it wasn't built it was just it 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 just just
1: grew. grew it just grew and it's accepted even with all of the discontinuities with all of the contradictions Things like uh, competition is important, not just competition, but full and open competition. And yet we have the Defense Acquisition University saying, "Well, when you when you get into your strategy system for acquisition strategy, the first thing you consider is an existing contract that you can send your funding to." Mm. Well, that is a, a profoundly non-competitive act, and yet the system, if that if that contract was originally Awarded as a competitive process under a competitive process, considers that funding competitively awarded. So not only are the wrong metrics used that hurts my brain, but but the (laughs) the metrics that are used uh, send a false message uh, about what's going on and how things are are operating. And yet the workforce is encouraged to embrace this falsehood to embrace. The, the discontinuities, to to think that socioeconomic programs are somehow inherent in a contracting system, and not thinking about the uh, the origins of socioeconomic programs and how they just grew over the years, developed constituencies, and how they burden the contracting process. Well,
0: I, I, again, I think that's more of we created an inherently unfair system, so let's go back and try to add some fairness into it.
1: We created a closed system that has to have special programs to allow folks into. And we have other transactions, which is an open system, which we are basically ignoring. That could be the solution to- I like that.
0: That, Other transactions are an open system. Because again, any business person with any business savvy should be able to understand an other transaction agreement because it's what they're used to. It's not this government- Frankenstein thing that, that was created or whatever just grew out of a whole lot of must, you know, we want these and these are nice things to have things. I don't know. But... Um,
1: Although there were perceived problems and somebody came up with a... Uh, what they thought was a solution and they just kept it getting added to and added to and and very seldom but bureaucratic wor-
0: systems get old and they get tired and they, and 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 the the old things that might have worked one day don't work anymore and and sometimes they need to be updated there needs to be little revolutions and, there need to be whole up 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 endings and, sometimes
1: and each little item has a constituency it has mm. some Somebody whose career uh, these are the entrenched interests. Uh, the entrenched interests. Steve Blank was talking about. Uh, and 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 yet you know taken together they constitute a huge burden. Mm-hmm. And I mean we've talked about the financial burden uh, of the system. And you know some people don't. Believe that there's a financial burden, and and some people understand that it's far more than the studies that have shown. You know, eighteen or 20 percent cost goes to non things that add Just no add no value to the delivered product uh, or service. So, you know, there there is a a culture issue, there is a mythology uh, issue, uh, and we have uh, Congress has provided. Not just um, the elements of of an alternative system, but they have, as we said in a in a recent podcast, directed in an imperative way. The Secretary of Defense shall create a preference for using. These other transactions. The Secretary of Defense shall ensure that the workforce involved in innovative contracting receives adequate education and training, including experiential learning. But
0: what happens if these leaders actually say to their staff, the contracting mechanism doesn't matter? What happens if these leaders never prioritize folks getting educated in these authorities and what they... Can do. What happens if leadership never bothers to take the time to understand what these authorities can do? And what? Well, well, wait, and I'm not, uh, and I'm no, not no, saying this. Wait, what?
1: What happens is the system stays as it is. It continues to cost too much, takes too long. It continues to be a closed system that the vast majority of American industry, including American high tech uh, industry, can't penetrate. That's what ha- that's what the lack of leadership yep. results in,
0: and then we end up using other transactions sort of in the really lame fashion that we are today uh, that, that's not wholly true, but there is a lot of lameness going on today. It's being consumed or subsumed by the current system instead of being seen as an as an a possible a potential for expansion and a whole new way of doing other, things.
1: Other transactions and their potential are not understood, including by many of the practitioners, many of the organizations that send billions of dollars. Uh, through other transactions, typically other transaction consortia, they don't understand the potential of other transactions uh, and, and they're prepared to just use a model that was originally created to form competitive IDIQ uh, structures, a, a multiple award task order agreement, and it's called an OT consortium. Uh, it's a mindless, mindless way of doing business as opposed to a thoughtful way of doing business, structuring your your agreement, structuring your contractual relationship to op- optimize your particular project, and not just sending money in a convenient, easy button way.
0: So, are other transactions and getting educated in other transactions are they seen as a threat? Are they seen as a threat to the current system and all the entrenched interests? I mean,
1: I don't know <laughs> if they're seen as a threat. I suspect they are because they are. They they would require uh, a new way of uh, doing workforce uh, acquisition, workforce education uh, that's different than today. And the so the, all the
0: little crit- critters and creatures that ha- that, that thrive off the 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 status quo f- might feel some threat, right? I mean, they, they... A-
1: a- absolutely, and they they have to view view that the system as it is 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 somehow virtuous, and that, that uh, a proposed alternative system. Uh, is a threat. Uh, But the real, I mean, the issue that we we, we started with is this accountability, responsibility, whatever the invested interest, whatever the system, the bureaucracy as it is today, leadership can change that. Leadership can change the organization. Leadership can change the incentives. Leadership can change it the way business is done.
0: Indeed, uh, the only way things ever get ever change is through leadership. And you know, the fact that leadership is not held accountable—I mean—is uh, I, I see it as a big problem throughout the DoD.
1: And while while top leadership. The, the secretaries of the military departments, the secretaries of defense, the undersecretaries and assistant secretaries should be in this leadership role. The, the truth is that organizational leaders, uh, commanders of, uh, of uh, P- PEOs, commanders of systems commands, commands uh, laboratory directors, they can create educated, empowered, Protected teams to start the process of creating new ways of doing business to change the culture through uh, the imperative of our business is to in an effective and uh, timely way get new capabilities into the hands uh, uh, of our deployed forces. Uh, that can be done at uh, at an Air Force level or a fleet command level. Uh, at a material command, or as I said, as a, at a systems command, uh, leader, leadership can be provided at any of those le- level until the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of the Military Departments, and their uh, acquisition st- staff realize that it is their job to do
0: that. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to leave it there today. Um, Anyway, uh, I hope we kept that somewhat directed, and that folks found something meaningful out of this conversation. And if you would like to contact us or uh, find any more find out more information on other transactions or about who we are, please visit us at strategicinstitute.org. Thank you.